Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the OBB Fins Pod. The most unfiltered Miami Dolphins podcast around. Here's your host, John Michaels. Well, it's time to leave that European vacation and get ready for another edition of the OBB Fins podcast. My God, why does this type of weekend have to happen to us in the city of Miami over and over and over again? I am so sick of marquee matchups not going our way. I'm so sick of the narrative being right. I know I bitched and I moaned last week about the narrative about this football team sitting at 6-2 and two and saying, wait a second, I've watched San Francisco lose to bad teams. I've watched the Dallas Cowboys lose to bad teams. I've watched Kansas City get beat down by bad teams. Well, the narrative about the Dolphins is pretty simple. We can't beat a good team. And unfortunately, that narrative is damn real as the Dolphins lose again, this time in Frankfurt, Germany 21 to 14 to the Kansas City Chiefs we'll take a quick dive through everything that happened today scoring uh, guys that really didn't step up some things that are really struggling with this football team and once again the narrative about them being unable to handle anything when it comes to an elite opponent turns out to be really true make sure you give us a follow first and foremost at OBB fins I'm trying to up the engagement on the x slash twitter feed throughout um you know i'm trying to do the game stuff a little bit more trying to send some stuff throughout the weekend um and and trying to get more engagement you know need more dolphin fans need more fin fans over there paying attention getting us some engagement getting us some retweets doing all that stuff you can follow me as well at john michaels you i'm not gonna lie there are times i come a little bit unhinged during the weekend i will tell you do not talk about my kids on social media i had some jackass decide to do that today take a shot at what my son is named and who he is named after um and it's pretty simple you want to find me i'm easy to find I don't hide. I get off work every day at the same time in the same place. Want to come out and have a gentleman conversation? That's fine. Don't talk about my kids. Want to talk about my football teams? That's fine. Because guess what? I'm going to shit talk them when they play poorly. And right now the Dolphins once again proven to us today that they are not good enough to contend with the top teams around the National Football League. And I hate that that has become a real thing. But when you continuously lose to the three teams on your schedule that are any good, you're going to have this conversation when your quarterback comes up short in bigger games and yeah I'm going to dive into all the things that they did wrong but Tua was part of the problem today I can't be an MVP of the league or I can't vote for him MVP of the league when against the Kansas City Chiefs he throws for 198 yards and a touchdown and I get it Kansas City's an elite defense I told you last week this is a different Kansas City team than what we've seen over the past couple of years with them. Last couple of years, they were an offensive machine. Remember when they first started getting really good with Patrick Mahomes, they were an offensive machine where they could go out and throw the football all over the place, make a lot of things happen, and they could live on the magic of Patrick Mahomes. And for years, they really struggled on the defensive side of the ball. Well, now Steve Spagnola back in fold, Chris Jones being one of the elite defensive players, they have become a really good defensive team. Matter of fact, you could argue the strength of that football 
football team is simply on the defensive side of the ball, and they're actually a little bit offensively challenged. That proved to be the point today. Their offense only scored 14 points. Mahomes got stopped every time the Dolphins' defense needed to stop in the second half to climb back from a 21-0 deficit. It seemed like the Dolphins came up with said stop and got the offense back the ball. 21-14, and I'll dive into the scoring recap and all the other rigmarole that we normally get into, but at 21-14, you got the ball twice with opportunities to go down and at minimum tie the game or kick a field goal and get it into position. And I thought the play calling failed you. I thought your quarterback failed you sometimes. Your offensive line, again, still a work in progress. And it looks like uh, Jones is hurt now again. He got rolled up on so badly that the TV would not even show the replay, which is not good, which meant Liam Eikenberg had to go on at left guard. You, you know, you're a mix and match unit. You did get Armstead back today, uh, which is good. He was activated and ready to roll. But there's just a lot of things that you watch on this football team right now that are not good. And unfortunately, the narrative really won't change till the end of the year and potentially in the postseason because right now they're seen as paper tigers across the NFL. And as much as I want to sugarcoat it and wear my aqua and orange glasses, I just can't. It's not a good football team when it comes to playing good team. Let's talk about how this game unfolded. Then we'll dive into some of the recap and everything. Kansas City would get the ball after Miami defers. And guess what? Right down the field. The Andy Reid scripted 15. Didn't take 15. It was seven plays, 75 yards in Kansas City. Right up on the board. Seven to nothing. Dolphins would go four and out, end up punting the football away. They'd get a stop from Kansas City. As a matter of fact, we had a punt fest. I'm not going to bore you. Back and forth all the way until late in the first quarter where Kansas City would get the ball back. They would then go 13 plays, 95 yards. Uh, It was a great punt. Unfortunately, the Dolphins gave up a third and five where Patrick Mahomes found Rasheed Rice for six yards and a first down. They gave up another nice play coming down the stretch, second and 12 at the 47. They were able to pick up a nice throw to Sky Moore for 23 yards. And then on a third and three, you had Jarek McKinnon running a drag route, just a shallow cross, and he got lost in coverage. And that's going to happen. Kansas City runs a lot of kind of exotic pass routes where stuff is going to really screw with your eyes if you're a defender, especially in zone. They're going to have guys starting from the left side, crossing your face to the right, guys coming in deep deep in behind you a lot of levels to the different throws that Patrick Mahomes will make and it's 14 to nothing game would continue that way for a while um, until you got towards the end of the half the Dolphins would march down the field excuse me that was a touchdown in the second quarter they'd march down the field and have their shot they'd get inside First and 10 at the 33-yard line, you'd uh, have a play that goes complete to Durham Smythe for three yards, and then you try a little quick screen, something the Dolphins are really good at, and I thought it was a bang-bang play, and this is where I will have some aqua and orange glasses on. I have seen many more plays called incomplete for exactly what Tyreek Hill did. Tyreek Hill... On the screen, it was almost simultaneous as the ball got there. He caught it. He landed on his two feet, never made a football move. Defensive black uh, absolutely blasts him. The ball comes loose, and then they return it 59 yards for a touchdown, and it was 21 to nothing right before the half. And that, to me, was a real backbreaker, obviously, even at minimum there. And I thought Miami had done a really good job taking their time getting down the field, not allowing Kansas City to have chances to get the ball back. At minimum, you get a field goal, and you're going to get the ball coming out of half. You can get that old double dip where you could go two for one and really change the momentum. Instead, now you're down 21 to nothing, and you really 
have to start get things rolling. You don't do anything on your first drive. You get Kansas City then to punt back to you. Then you get a touchdown, and then you get the defensive play of the game. Bradley Chubb able to come out and get a strip sack on uh, Patrick Mahomes. Dolphins would recover it, recovered by Zach Sealer, who almost lost it, tried to get up with the ball, luckily stayed down, comes up with the recovery, and then just a couple of plays later, Tua finds uh, Tyreek Hill down the field, uh, on an incomplete, but then he finds Jeff Wilson to get pick up first down, uh, and they got the unnecessary roughness, which was huge there. The unnecessary roughness was gigantic because you had about 10, 11 yards to Jeff Wilson. Probably going to have to think about going for it at that point. You get the uh, uh, an unnecessary roughness on Chris Jones where he just shoves Robert Jones out of the way and down to the ground, and then the very first play after that, Raheem Moser goes 13 yards for a touchdown. As I mentioned, defense would do what they needed to do. Third down and nine on the uh, the next drive with 12 minutes to go. Patrick Mahomes has a pass incomplete to Marquez Valdez-Scantling down the field. And I thought Cater Kohu really in a complete man-to-man situation with no safety help, able to do just enough to break that one up. You'd get the ball, start to move it, get into or right into Kansas City territory after a Mostert run. They made it second down and seven at the 48. And then you throw an incomplete pass to Tyreek Hill. Um, I'm sorry, you would actually get the first down to Tyreek Hill, excuse me, and then you'd have a couple of bad plays in a row. Ahmed gets blown up for minus four. Very next play, Tua gets sacked for minus 11, and then an incomplete pass to Jalen Waddle. So again, you're first and 10 at Kansas City's 38. You try to run a toss to Ahmed. Nothing against Salvin Ahmed, but why is he in the game? Wilson and Mostert are so much better running backs than he is at this point. But you try it. The second play, you get sacked. It's just an absolute avalanche on Tua. He has no chance to do anything. And then you can't even get back into field goal range because you're all the way on the other side of the field, and you end up having to punt it. Now, you punt it down. Kansas City gets it at the 10. They get a uh, seven-yard run by Pacheco. Mahomes incomplete. um, and, And another incomplete as well. And guess what? You're able to get a punt again. So you get the ball back. So two opportunities in the fourth quarter with the game on the line. The last one you're able to drive down, you know, you get a couple of really good runs. And this is where I was really pissed off at Mike McDaniel, the play caller. First down from the Dolphins, 25. You get Mostert to run for 25 yards. First and 10, then at midfield, you get a 19-yard run by Mostert. It's first and 10 at the 31. Two-minute warning goes off. You still got a couple of timeouts. You got nothing but time. And then this happens. Tua throws an incomplete pass to Mostert that almost gets picked off. And Tua had pressure, and he throws off his back foot. And Mostert's lucky to kind of knock that one away. Second down, Waddle slips on an in-breaking route. Don't know if he was going to catch it or not. It was going to be in a tight window, but he slips coming across and throws incomplete. Again, two great runs you've yet to run the ball now on first and second down. Now third down, and I don't know what this is. Watching it live, you have Jeff Wilson running an outbreak route or kind of a crossing route underneath you have Cedric Wilson streaking down the sideline he's three yards clear of the defensive back and Tua throws it to no man's land now some people are trying to pontificate online that that was supposed to be a sight adjustment by Cedric Wilson because uh because Kansas City was bringing pressure he needed to break the route off at about 12 yards. Some were saying it was an underthrow and the ball slipped out of his hands and it was supposed to go to Wilson for a touchdown down the field. And then some are saying it was supposed to go to Jeff Wilson um, and, and Tua just missed the throw. 
Either way, an opportunity to tie the game that a superstar MVP-level quarterback needs to come up with. I don't know which one it was. If it's the receiver, all right, I'll blame Cedric Wilson. We'll have to ask Mike McDaniel about that one. If it's quarterback, it's squarely on Tua. And then fourth and 10, you have to call a timeout, and then you get the dreaded bad snap. Now, could Tua have come up with that snap? Maybe, but the snap is low and to the out. It's low and to the right. So remember, Tua's a left-handed quarterback. So he's already ready to get in that drop with the ball on the left side. The ball goes to the right side. Dolphins never have a chance. They had somebody, and I think it was Jalen Waddell, on a skinny post route wide open in the middle of the field. If Tua's able to secure the snap, you probably throw that for a first down and maybe a touchdown and tie it up. But either way, the game comes to an unceremonious end at 21 to 14. So here's my gripes of this game. And there's quite a few different gripes that I have. One, right at the end of the game, your god-awful play calling. You've run it twice by spreading them out and running kind of some off-tackle plays for Raheem Mostert where Kansas City is, is more worried about you throwing the football. You had plenty of time. Why not try to sprinkle something in where it would have been second and five, second and six, third and six. We are not on third and ten. Number two, what's going on with Tua in these big games where he really has problems against teams that get pressure in his face? I know his escapability is not going to be there. That's just not something he's going to do. He's not going to be out running away from everybody and things like that. None of that is going to happen. That's not who Tua is at this point in time in his career. That's fine. If that's the case, get the ball out quickly and help him out with some run plays. You had a lot this whole game where it felt like you were stuck in mud, and a lot of it had to do with the play calling. I think Mike McDaniel has become a hair predictable with that jet motion where it's where it's flat. I want to say it's slant, flat, wheel. The uh, slant outside guy runs a slant inside guy that's running that outside motion runs a wheel and you're on a flat route to either the tight end. That's become a very predictable. It's a really good play that most teams have had problems stopping, but it's become a very, very predictable play at this point in time. I mean, seriously, that's exactly what has happened. It's become very, very predictable. You know, you, everybody kind of knows what's happening. You don't get many of those. You don't get many of those where they get stopped, but it seems like that's the play that's the go-to time and time and time again. Stop with the rotation at running back. Raheem Mostert should be number one. Jeff Wilson until uh, Devin, uh, Devon Achan comes back should be number two, and Ahmed should be in like one or two plays a game tops. I mean, that's really where we're at with him. Find a way to use the damn tight end every now and then or use Chase Claypool or Cedric Wilson. The one time you threw the ball up to bat to Cedric Wilson, he went and got it. He went and caught a touchdown. The offensive line's got to be better, and this is something in the offseason that's going to have to be addressed by this football team. It's just got to be better. I thought defensively you played arguably your best game of the year. This is what happens when you have Xavier Howard, Jalen Ramsey back healthy. This is what happens when Bradley Chubb starts to play like a guy that you went out and drafted to get that money. I believe he has four forced fumbles over about the last six weeks. So he's coming off the edge and making plays. I thought they played really well defensively. They gave up two drives and a defensive or an offensive touchdown. That's it. Two drives the whole game against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. So you did exactly what you were supposed to do on the defensive side of the ball. The problem is your offense has had major shrinkage in big games. 14 points against Kansas City. 20 points against Buffalo. Was it 17 points against Philadelphia? 
That's a fucking problem. I'm sorry. That's a problem. You cannot have these things happen in the biggest games when you've invested all of these assets on that side of the ball and things come up short. This is the first and maybe the only time I'll ever do this. This game a lot is on Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill talked a lot this week about playing against his old team. I get it. You wanted to play against Kansas City. You wanted to set something special against Kansas City. Your fumble that was returned for a touchdown is the difference in the game. There was another corner route, and I get it. You were mugged at the line of scrimmage. Tua put the ball on your hands. You got to come up with that catch. I know there's going to be, but it's a tough catch. Damn sure is. But he's arguably the best receiver in all of football. Find a way in the biggest moments to come up with the biggest play. I've seen a couple of times this year. He'll drop the touchdown against the Philadelphia Eagles. It's a different ball game if he comes up with that catch and he goes in for a touchdown. This game is totally different if he doesn't fumble before the end of the first half. I get it. It was a bang-bang play. Whoever was your tight end didn't do a damn thing when it came to blocking the guy that was coming off the edge, but you got to hold on to the ball, period. You hold on to that ball, and it's at minimum 14 nothing before halftime. Guess what? We're in overtime. Actually, we probably win at the end because then you run the football, you set up Jason Sanders to win, and you go win 17-14. But if ifs, ifs and buts were mutts, or nuts, or anything else, or dollar bills, I'd be a rich son of a gun. They're not. You know, right now, what they are, they're just not getting the job done when it matters. And here's the issue. The narrative will be there. Dolphins can go rattle off five, six, seven wins in a row. I look at the teams that are coming up. You got a bye week. Good. You need this bye week to kind of recalibrate. The Raiders just fired a coach and went to a rookie quarterback. The Jets are the Jets. The Commanders traded away their two best pass rushers. During the trading deadline, they have Sam Howe. Then you play the Titans, who went to a rookie quarterback. Oh, by the way, then you play the Jets again. There's zero reasons that you shouldn't win five in a row and be sitting at 11-3. and three. But guess what? Then the only time the narrative can change is the last three weeks of the season. Cowboys, Raiders, or excuse me, Cowboys, Ravens, Bills. That's it. Those are the last. Those are the next three times you could, you could whoop ass. You could Bronco these next five teams. You could win on average of forty to ten, and people are going to say, "Yeah, do it against somebody that matters." And they're not wrong. And what a loss like this does, it screws you at the top of the conference because now Kansas City, any chance you have in home field advantage, they have a tiebreaker over, which means you got to win a couple of games over them. You don't have a tiebreaker against Buffalo either, who, and by the time we record this, I don't know if Buffalo's going to be able to win or not. I believe they play on Monday night. Um, they're going to have a tiebreaker over you. Jacksonville's got a better record than you as of time of this recording. Baltimore has a better record than you. So you kind of screwed yourself as of now. I know there's a lot of football left in the NFL, and judging by everything that's happened over these weeks, you can't take anything for granted or take anything lightly. Hell, by the time we play the Jets again, the bionic Aaron Rodgers might be playing at this point, which I don't believe, um, honestly, because it's pretty simple. Achilles don't heal that way, but those are things that potentially could happen with the way that we've had things happen. You know, we just, we're piddling away games you shouldn't piddle away. This Chiefs team, very beatable. I think if we play them again, we have a chance to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, but we got to find ways for our biggest players to step up and make plays. Tua, on you. Tyreek, on you. Jalen, on you. Mike McDaniel, on you. These plays are on you. Not going to lie to you. Um, you got to have these things happen. You've got to step up and make big-ass plays in big-ass games. Santana Moss said it best a long time ago. Big-time players step up and make big plays in big-time games. I'm paraphrasing. I don't have it exactly right. 
guess what? We didn't have any of our big-time players on the offensive side step up and make big-time plays. Now, the hope is this team starts to get healthy. You're going to have a week off needed after that travel going over to Germany. Needed. I think teams have, I don't want to say gotten wise to your offensive schemes, but I think a little bit have gotten wise to your offensive schemes. Find some things out. Hopefully, Achan gets healthy. You start to get some more explosive plays back in the run game. Hopefully, the offensive line, some time off, you can get some guys to gel and get healthy. Although, with what happened with Robert Jones today, I don't want to speculate, but I don't know that I'm going to see him again. So, it'll be interesting to see what happens there when it comes to injuries and inventiveness over the break. I hate it because, uh, first and foremost, the 9 o'clock game, I didn't mind because it got me over what happened with the University of Miami. Uh, But to see those two teams lose on back-to-back nights just makes me want to throw up in a bucket somewhere and say thank goodness that the Canes basketball season and the Heat are playing, although the Heat right now are a train wreck as well. So Miami sports has been in absolute disarray here over the last couple of weeks and and really since uh, the calendar turned to October, things have not gone the way we wanted. Now the positive spin to all of this, and I did see some of this positivity on social media, and I want to shout out a couple of people on social media that had some things going and going on today. A couple of people had this to say. Uh, my buddy Kane Sarge, he said, look, we own the second half, just needed to execute a little better and keep running the ball on early down situation. This is still above and beyond what I've seen on this team in decades. He also said, let's not go crazy now um, because I said basically Hill's not playing well against Kansas City. Dolphins are on fraud alert. He said it's probably still going to be the AFC championship. Well, uh, I, I hope... You're right. Give me one game to have a chance to go to the Super Bowl, and I will take it absolutely 100% right now. I also saw Joe Shad put a Twitter poll out, and I wanted to address this. He said, are you encouraged or discouraged by the Dolphins' 21-14 to loss? And anybody that knows me knows me point blank. I am not a guy that buys into moral victories. I think moral victories are a high school type of thing. I think moral victories are a Pop Warner type of thing when you're trying to teach kids to battle through adversity. I I don't think moral victories exist in the NFL unless maybe you're starting a rookie quarterback in like his third start and he's on the road and you know, then, then maybe you buy into moral victories. The Dolphins are constructed to win a Super Bowl. You went out and traded future assets to bring in current superstars or current really good players. You didn't build this team to say week nine, hey, we got a moral victory in Japan. (laughs) We weren't in Japan. I'm sorry, we got a moral victory in Germany. Hell, we might have played better if we were in Japan. Moral victories just don't exist. So I am discouraged. You did enough to win, yet you didn't. And the fact that you didn't leads me to believe this team right now has some fraud tendencies. That's the problem. There are fraud tendencies going on right now with the Miami Dolphins. And if they don't fix it sooner rather than later, we're going to be having this conversation in January. Now, the best thing I can say about this, you are still on pace to be a playoff team. I just rattled off the next five games. Just say in a worst-case scenario, you go 3-2, and two, which I think would be an absolute disaster of the next five games. You'd still be sitting at 9-5. and five. 
I think 10 wins gets you safely in the playoffs. You're not going to get swept in those last three games between Buffalo, the Cowboys, and the Baltimore Ravens. So, you know, again, if you even if you went one and two in those games and three and two in the others, you're sitting at 10 and seven, and you're going to be a playoff team. Now, 10 and seven in a playoff team would be an utter disappointment, and it would probably have this team starting to look at some of the pieces that are out there, who could stick around long-term, and maybe what you have to do. Because you got to remember, Christian Wilkins is going to want big money. You have guys that are, you know, the, the salary cap's going to start to become an issue. Tua Tungavailoa, you're going to have to start dealing with him. How much money is he going to make? Um, and he's playing it at MVP caliber, so he's going to want upwards of whatever these other quarterbacks are getting, $40, $45 million a year. The fact that Daniel Jones got $40 million a year lets you know all that you need to know. That thing is going to get real. But these are conversations we'll have when we get towards the offseason. For right now, you got to start to look ahead to what you have during the regular season and figure some things out. Like for real, for real, we got to figure some things out. And figuring things out is simply block better, Come up with more innovative offense, which sounds crazy, against better teams, handle pressure better, tackle when it matters, and take advantage of opportunities. Disheartened today, disappointed. Dolphins leave Germany at 6-3 and three on the year. They lose 21-14. to 14. Again, I ask you guys, go ahead and give us a follow at John Michael Zhu, at OBB Fins. And also, if you're a big Fins fan, I got something really cool. I partnered up with a group called Homefields.com. Homefields.com. They have unbelievable replica stadiums that light up. They make a great piece for the man cave. If you want Hard Rock Stadium, they have the old Orange Bowl on there. I believe it is UM related only, but I believe they have the old Orange Bowl on there. Or if you just are a fan of another team, go to Homefields.com. Put in the code JM99, JM99, and you will get 10% off the order. This is perfect for the man or woman in your life. Dolphin darlings out there, everybody else that that are big supporters of the podcast and everything else, JM99homefields.com. We'll be back next week, even during a bye week. Maybe an abbreviated version, but we'll give you one. It's the Dolphins OBB Fins Pod. Really appreciate you guys listening. Fins up, hose down. We're six and three. But we ain't drowned. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.